Oh, what is up, everybody? I am indeed a a crusty crab, a tired crab, which comes as no surprise. Uh, how's everybody doing uh, this week? This week has been a week already, and a week is not even over. So, uh, congratulations on being a week. Week, you've done a great job so far. Um, I have notes. It's not it's not the ramble I had last week, but it's indeed notes. <laughs> oh man, I uh, so uh, just to get. Uh, regular promotional business out of the way. <laughs> uh, there is a brand new episode of the Top 20 out. It comes out at uh, midnight this morning. Uh, every Thursday morning it comes out. First thing in your Thursdays, if you so choose, you can just go up there, like, subscribe, ring the bell, all that stuff people promote. Uh, it is the one from two weeks ago, which is no surprise. Uh, I am... Um, it's the... It's the uh, it's the episode uh, it's the episode about uh, me being like physically closer to the box because I moved my work desk over there when I work from home. Uh, it's literally like six feet in that direction, and I was still late to the box, which I almost was again today because I am nothing if not consistent. So that's good. Um, also talking about Taco Supremes and how goddamn good they are, uh, and missing them terribly. That's soft tacos. I can still have the regular Taco Supremes, but they're they're not. They're not supreme. <laughs> All that other good stuff. Um, on Bacon is my podcast. Uh, they have the interview with uh, Damien and Mike from Felicity. Uh, Felicity, I've been playing them off and on for a couple of years. Good band, for sure. Uh, it's a really good interview. I, I strongly recommend checking that one out. And uh, their next week's interview is, uh, I have it written down, Christina... Christina from Kaleido, and she is the, she's doing their seven questions tonight. The seven questions are not as easy as you would think. I've done the seven questions. I think I got five out of seven correct, but that's just guessing. That's just me. Really could be almost anything. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you can check that out over on Strangerhood TV and the entire universe of Strangerhood TV programming is over there. So be, be sure and check that out. There's good stuff over there. Uh, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm already off my game. <laughs> I know that's it's becoming a regular thing. I don't even know that it's something that we uh, need to address anymore. If it's going to be something I do every single week, then maybe I should just not address it anymore because I will be sleepy and tired. And I find my ability to just come here and talk and do the show is severely severely hampered when I just do not sleep well and it's it's not a question of packing in the hours like I and this is you know this is not specific to me like lots of people I know have sleep problems in fact most people I know have have some form of sleep problem but I'm definitely in some weird zone where it's like excuse me I realize I'm kind of almost burping which would be fine for radio but I am on you I am on stranger TV and this is the quality programming that we try and do here um but, you know, like, so I'm packing the hours. I'm actually asleep at the right amount of time. But I think the quality of my sleep and my restless nature of how I sleep is uh, really messing with me. Because I got up this morning, and I was like, cool, this is normal time. So I got up, I got ready for the gym, and, like, I was noticeably foggy uh, <laughs> driving to the gym. And I'm like, even before I went, I was like, maybe I should not do this. Like, maybe. 
Maybe I should just like lie right back down. But I was like, no, 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 it'll burn off. Because that's a common thing. It's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons I go first thing in the morning. And statistically speaking, people that go to the gym first thing in the morning, those habits of of doing things first thing are the more likely to stick habits. And it makes sense if you think about it, right? You throw a little common sense at it, uh, because. You know, certainly for me, like things happen during the day that will necessarily delay other things or prevent other things from happening. But if it's the very first thing I do in the morning, the world really doesn't have much of a chance to get in the way. In fact, I I don't even check into work anymore uh, before I go because that tends to get in the way. If anything's really important, somebody at work will text me and then I'll deal with it, of course. But anyway, so it's not uncommon for me to show up at the gym kind of still in a fog or a sleep daze and that actually I find very helpful because I tend to start off with cardio which I hate like if cardio as a as a whole vector of society could just die painfully in a fire tomorrow like I think I'd be okay with that right? like I just I don't like it I've never liked it I don't mind when I'm engaging in cardiovascular behaviors like uh, I was working <laughs> I was I was working in my backyard on Sunday and I was just moving, I think it was Sunday, but I was like moving bags of mulch around, which are not that big of a deal, but I'm moving them from like my front yard to my backyard, which is, it's it's not sitting here. You know what I mean? It's it's not, it's a little more exertion than just sitting here talking to you guys. But uh, I think by the fifth bag, I was like, <gasps> like, and I know that that's not what I'm supposed to be doing, but I felt good that I was like, all right, well, at least I'm, I'm putting some, putting some effort into this because obviously it's. It sounds like I'm putting some effort into it, but man, I am not. I am not rebounding cardiovascularly, vascularly as much as I had hoped, or as fast as I had hoped. But looks like it's going to be another long haul for your, your valiant host here, and that's okay because I'll figure something. Out. I mean, what's the option, right? Like not doing it and then just slowly dying. I mean, like I guess it's an option. It's just not an option I want to. I do want to apologize to the top 20 audience again for my general appearance. I don't have my hat. My hair is, yeah, my my hair is not as messy as it looks, but I did pull it back. Um, it, well, I usually wear it back, but it's definitely pulled back. I don't I don't remember brushing it this morning. So. <laughs> it's kind of one of those days. Like, you know, you wake up, like your, your brain sort of clears out around 1130. It's like, well, how did I get here? Like, that's how I start most days. Like, most days. Hitting the sides, man. All the time, hitting the sides. <laughs> so I really, I don't, I don't have anything particularly to talk about today because the only things that are really going on in the world that are annoying me are, you know, stupid Facebook people and their stupid, you know, opinions and stuff. Like it, it's so hard to argue with people, and, and not, I'm not even arguing with people. Like just dealing with people that only want to tell you what they want to tell you, like. I understand how conversations work, and I I feel pretty comfortable saying that I am able to have a conversation, learn from that conversation, and sort of evolve my opinions. I've done it several times that I can recall, um, just off the top of my head, but there are, there are sometimes, like, just talking to people, it's like, I had somebody tell me yesterday that the uh, Capitol Hill police officers that were testifying in Congress, that they were reading from a script, and I was like... They were reading from prepared statements. Like, I have never actually seen anybody uh, at Congress. They always they always read a statement, uh, and I have never seen anyone not do that. <laughs> I've, never, I've never not seen anyone read from a piece of paper. Like, 
I think if I'm going to be testifying in Congress or before Congress, probably on television, I don't think I would come in completely unprepared. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, if I'm going to do something like that, like, I'm going to take it way more seriously than, say, I don't know, the Hard Rock Lunchbox. So I would have something written down to ensure that there was something that I wanted to say. Or that I said everything I want to say. Because I don't think you want to testify in, in front of Congress and then walk out and be like, ah, oh, totally forgot to mention that. Like, I don't think you want to do that. I think when you're answering questions, like, if somebody asks you a question and you look down at a piece of paper, it's like, well, Mr. Congressman, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably wrong. Um, but that's not what's happening. So, like, just people say, like, just because people say stuff, like, doesn't make it true. And that goes for me as well. Like, you know, just because I say something doesn't make it true. Anytime I ever say anything. And we've we've certainly had these conversations for sure. Um, you know, and, and people, even, you know, a lot of team uppity. Like, they'll be like, I don't agree with everything you say. And, like, good. You shouldn't. Like, you, uh, if you agreed with everything I said, you'd be me. You know, like, that's and I'm already me. So, and we absolutely do not need another me. That's, that's for sure. I think we can all agree on that. But my point is, it's like, <clears throat> if we're having a discussion or a conversation, like, I'm not authoritatively dictating to you what you should think. I'm telling you what I think. And I'm telling you why I think it, which I always thought was an important distinction. Like, explaining to somebody, like, why you think something. Like, for example, like this, like, why, like, why on earth would, uh, why on earth would, a, would, would a, one of the Capitol Hill police officers need to be reading from a piece of paper? And I'm saying that if I were going to testify before Congress, I would write every single thought I had down to make sure that I was going to say what I wanted to say. That's my opinion. That's my belief. That's, in my opinion, a rational thing to think. But then somebody else looks at it and be like, oh, he's reading from his script. And then there'll be a p- picture of that officer with, with Nancy Pelosi. And it's like, and? And like, but that's their takeaway. Like, he took a picture with Nancy Pelosi and he's got a piece of paper in front of him. Therefore, he's reading from his script and lying and perjuring himself. Like, I've had people being like, he's, you know, it's sad the way he's perjuring himself. This is a Capitol Hill police officer that got beaten on, on, on January 6th. And people are literally going, yep, he perjured himself. Like, based on what exactly? And as I've always said, these are the same people that could not get above a C or higher, uh, could not get above a C on a book report in high school. They are not all of a sudden very smart. That's just not how it works. And that's, that's just it, man. You could be learned. You could watch YouTube all day long, but like... At the end of the day, you got to run it past your gut filter. And if that's what you really think happened, like, yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. But, like, my point is, sorry, I'm drifting. I know I do that, and I don't mean to do that. I'm sorry. Um, my point is, like, when we talk about things here, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm telling you what I think. And if that runs through your gut filter and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I've never actually seen anyone read, uh, you know, talk to Congress without reading from a prepared, prepared statement. I've just never seen it. <laughs> um, and not that that's all I ever watch, so it's possible that it happens, but, you know, this is not a celebrity. This is not somebody who's used to public speaking in front of a national audience. I think, uh, I think I'd think i be a little nervous. Yeah. I mean, look at how badly it goes at the box here when I don't prepare. Like, it goes real bad, right? I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> oh, man. 
But, uh, yeah, so talking about other stuff going on in the world this week, I uh, can we stop having people and uh, musicians die? Like, can we get behind that? Or I don't know, like... It's, it's so many musicians have died in the past few weeks that I lost track of them. Like that's, and I'm not even trying to be funny. Like that's just something, something that has happened. Like it just, it's really, it's really quite something. And I don't know if it's, you know, related to anything. If it's like the super heat that we've been having, or you know, leftovers of COVID and all that other stuff. I really have no idea what what's causing it. I know, I know it is sad, uh, and I know specifically like, you know, it was definitely a bummer. The original drummer from Slipknot just passed away. Um, but I think of the collection of people that have recently passed away, uh, uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, bass player and vocalist, or part-time vocalist, partial vocalist, other vocalist, the other guy um, from ZZ Top uh, just passed away, passed away in his sleep uh, at the age of like 72, 72, 74, something old, uh, but well, not old, old, but like older. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not forty. Uh, like the, you know, like the drummer from Slipknot died at forty-six. Like that's a little shocking. Seventy-two is a little less shocking, but I, um, you know, of of musician and songwriter deaths, you know, the ones that you've seen me get choked up about over the years, you know, like David Bowie and Prince, and certainly Eddie Van Halen. Um, you know, I mean, like it's just it's it's hard it's hard for me. And this is, I'm not special at all, but I'm just saying for me, in, in my capacity, it's hard for me when those things happen because I I always feel like there's some sort of light extinguished um, when, when people like that leave. And, you know, I certainly feel that in my, my own life, um, you know, not celebrating, but acknowledging the anniversary of a very close passing for me this week and you know like I've always felt like what like that that was that was too damn soon that, that really was and and like what contributions to the world have been lost uh, to me personally to the people around us uh, uh, certainly to, to Rebel Nine as a band like what what light has been lost um, once that light is extinguished like what 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 could that have been? I mean, I don't. I try not to talk about it publicly, publicly too much, because honestly, like it still messes with me. Like it's it's hard for me right now to control. Um, it's an it's an emotional thing. It's been nine years. <laughs> it's still it's still something I am not able to just roll with, uh, and I don't expect it to ever be. Like there's the 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 nagging part of that loss is the problem. Like the passing is sad. The repercussions of all that is sad, but I think what really, what what I really choke on is that particular loss of that light in a in an ever growing, ever darkening world, and that's that that sucks. So anyway, so when I see musicians that have really added something to my life over the years, in one way or another, like I'm always I'm always moved more. And as much as I like Slipknot, like that one didn't affect me as badly as as the Dusty Hill one. And the Dusty Hill one is, is kind of funny. Not funny, haha. Funny, like, interesting. Like, funny, I amuse you. Like, not like that. Like, one of the great things about ZZ Top is that they've been a band 
with this lineup since 1969. Like, let's do some quick math <laughs> and round that to 70 and say that it's 2020. That's 50 goddamn years. The same lineup. I've had my current lineup with Rebel 9, I guess, for seven years now. And I want to strangle them on the regular. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just, I can't, I can't imagine what my fights with Drunken Noodle would look like after 50 years. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. But it's just, it's like the longevity of that band. And like, they're still touring. Like, they're still playing shows. Like, Dusty Hill missed a show. I think they had said, like, last month uh, he had something going on. And, um, like, they, the statement they released was just so typical ZZ Top. I mean, it wasn't, like, devoid of emotion, but it was, like, brimming with respect. And I thought that that was, that was really cool. I should have printed it out so I could read it verbatim, but you can check it out if you want. But it's basically, like... You know, compadre, amigo, like we are forever in that you know blues riff in C or whatever. Like that's what we'll do. But it, it's like it's almost like he's not gone because he's been there so long. Like they are they are connected through something extra than just the physical form of being here. And and that to me is beautiful. Like I think that's fa- fabulous. And I also thought it was noteworthy and and interesting that. Billy Gibbons, who is the the main guy of ZZ Top, uh, already announced that ZZ Top will continue without him, which I thought was a little weird. Like, what, like you come out with that like right away, but apparently it was Dusty Hill's like actual wish. Like they've discussed this, and their guitar tech, who's been with them forever, was going to replace either one of them. Um, you know, should they should they pass away and let ZZ Top kind of continue? And so that was what Dusty had wanted, man. Like, don't stop. Don't stop because me. Like, just keep this going, man. Keep that shuffle going. <laughs> and I thought that was just that was just wonderful. Because I have to tell you, in my incredibly self-centered and selfish way, like, under no circumstances do I want Rebel 9 to continue without me. <laughs> Oh, God, such a dick sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'd be interested, like, do you think they'd replace me with, like, well, definitely a younger, thinner. Uh, that would be, I mean, you, you'd have a hard time getting a fatter, older replacement. But, like, hey, like just think, just just hear me out for a second. So, say Rebel 9, like, I just I just don't want to do this anymore. Or maybe I just, I don't, I, I don't know, I just, I don't make it through the week. Like, they, re- they want to go on, they just hire a younger, thinner Filipino guy, and he's singing all the Rebel 9 songs. Like, I think that could be, right? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I would definitely check that out. The new Rebel 9. That younger, thinner, Filipino me. Coming to stages in 2022. (laughs) I think the only thing that they really could never replace in me is the actual connection that I, I have with the songs. I think it's the one thing that Rebel 9 really has going for it that a lot of other bands don't. 
is um, my singular, no, my specific ability to connect a song to me, or connect a song to the audience through me. Like, I'm telling a story from me to you. And I think that that is the thing that over the past 10 years has been the change, was the change from G. Davy to Rebel Night, was my ability to do that. And, you know, I don't know if the songs got better. I'd like to think I got a, I got to be a better songwriter over that time. But I think primarily it's my ability to connect with that audience, to connect that story with that audience so that they feel it and that they they want to sing it and they want to hear it because it's what they're doing and it's what they're feeling at those at those moments. And I don't know that that particularly that particular thing could be replaced. And I feel like not to compare myself with anybody uh, like on the scale of like Freddie Mercury, but like when Freddie Mercury sang to you, like you felt like you know he was telling you something, and he did even a better job because he would sing like Brian songs, like that you know, and other people in the band. He would sing those songs, and he would own them, and he would sing them to you like they were his own because he's trying to tell you something, and that's how unbelievable a, a performer like that dude was. But but I think for me, I think that that part would be lost. I think just getting up there and just singing, singing the songs, I think is good and a testament to how well written and produced those songs are so like I've seen people do covers and I've enjoyed them immensely and I think that that's about as good as it could get I don't think it'll ever be able to have that that uh, that con- that connection between between story and audience that I think is what makes Rebel 9 have any appeal whatsoever but that's enough about me it's enough from me um one of the questions I kind of wonder uh, going forward, my favorite song from ZZ Top is a song called LaGrange. Uh, it's just it's just awesome. If you don't know it, like maybe I'll grab it for you next week and play it. But uh, like I said, Dusty Hill played bass, but he also sang on, on several songs, uh, sang lead on, on several very important ZZ Top songs. And I wonder if those are just going to be songs that they don't do, songs that maybe Billy would try and sing, or, or what? Because I have... Absolutely no idea. I have no idea uh, what they would do going forward on a song like, say this. <laughs> 